I'm Professor Steve Zipperstein. I'm a lecturer in the Department of History at UCSB, and I'm also a lecturer in the uh, Luskin School of Public Affairs at UCLA, the Department of Global Studies at UCLA. The, I'm a visiting professor at Tel Aviv University Law School in Israel, and I'm a senior fellow at the Center for Middle East Development at UCLA. Great. All right. Let's get started. Thank you for joining me in this very, very unprecedented time surrounding the recent election, political contentions, and of course, the pandemic. It is often said that a president's first 100 days in office is the most crucial for reversing damage done in prior office. With Biden's inauguration coming up quickly and the storming of the U.S. Capitol on January 6, 2021, how should he now approach his first 100 days in response to the Trump administration? Biden has made very clear for many, many months before and after the election that he views it as a very important priority for his administration to try to reunify the country, to try to bridge the divides, the terrible divides in American society. And one way that he can do that very effectively is by putting a lot of focus on the rollout of the COVID-19 vaccine. Um, we were promised 20 million people to be vaccinated before the end of the year. That didn't happen. We fell way short of that. There is a huge concern that the pace of the rollout of the vaccine is slowing to a crawl and so I think that the president-elect and his administration, if they're able to ramp up the vaccination rate, that will be a very, very good way very quickly to earn the confidence, not just of those who supported him in the election, but among those who did not vote for him. Uh, second, the outcome in the Georgia Senate races is very, very important to the ability of the uh, president-elect to move his agenda forward during the first 100 days. He will no longer have to contend with a Senate that is controlled by the Republicans and that would be determined to block every legislative initiative from the White House. Instead, the president will have the ability with a democratically controlled House and Senate to quickly bring his legislative agenda, whether it concerns climate change, whether it concerns an increase in the COVID-19 stimulus relief from the $600 to the $2,000, whatever it might be, now that the Democrats will have control of the Senate, effective control, uh, the president-elect will be able to move his agenda much more rapidly through in the first 100 days. By the way, the events of yesterday, I think also will uh, catalyze, in a, in a strange way, will catalyze the ability of the president-elect to move his agenda through. He's gonna be inaugurated a week from Wednesday, less than two weeks from now, with a lot of goodwill, um, not just from his own party, but from all Americans who were horrified, horrified by what we witnessed yesterday in Washington, DC. One of the worst days in the history of the country, an absolute debacle, an embarrassment, um, an insurrection, a riot in the very heart of our nation's capital in the Capitol building itself. And uh, we can talk about the investigations and the ramifications of it, but I think that the silver lining in the cloud of what happened in Washington yesterday will in a strange way be that it will add to the momentum that the president-elect will have during the first 100 days to move his agenda through the Congress. Right, yeah. And 
talking about the events that happened yesterday, what does that mean for our democracy? Are Americans going to feel safe? Well, clearly, seeing rioters, insurrectionists breach the perimeter of the United States Capitol and have their way inside the building, um, getting as far as not just the chambers of the House of Representatives and the Senate, but actually into the offices of members of the House and Senate, rifling through drawers and documents is incredibly scary. It's incredibly scary. One of the first things that needs to be done is to look at the uh, videotapes very, very carefully and to make sure that law enforcement can identify every single person that was part of this. Because if there are people that were in that crowd whom we can't identify, who might have been foreign nationals, and by the way, I'm speculating, I don't have any evidence of this, but God forbid there were foreign nationals embedded in that crowd who were there not to protest the election, but to steal sensitive documents from our nation's capital, that would be something that we should be very, very frightened about. Putting that speculation aside, and again, I wanna say, I'm just purely speculating about that. Um, the photographs of Capitol Hill police in some instances removing barriers and allowing protesters uh, inside the building. The photographs of protesters smashing windows, doing damage inside the Capitol. And the mere fact that law enforcement was not ready to stop this incursion is quite frightening and all Americans should be very, very concerned about that. Clearly there needs to be an investigation, a very, very thorough investigation of the security lapses, the, the, the security failures. We need to identify every single person, as I said before, who was part of this. Uh, we also need to hold people accountable, uh, including those who incited this violence, this riot, uh, those who were part of it and those who failed to stop it. And moving back to Biden's 100 days, I just have a couple more questions. What do you anticipate Biden will do regarding social movements such as Black Lives Matter and um, dealing with these pro-Trump groups as well? So Biden announced that he's going to nominate Judge Merrick Garland to be the next attorney general. I've known Judge Garland for more than 30 years. He's an absolutely fantastic choice. Uh, he served in the Justice Department for many years before he became a judge on the United States Court of Appeals for the uh, DC Circuit, former chief judge of that circuit. As we all know, President Obama nominated him to the US Supreme Court and Mitch McConnell blocked uh, a, a hearing for Judge Garland in 2016. I think that when he becomes the attorney general, he will reinvigorate uh, the Department of Justice in many, many ways, including reinvigorating the Civil Rights Division of the Justice Department whose job is to protect the rights of minority groups in this country, uh, whether Black Lives Matter, whether LGBTQ groups, whoever they may be, the Justice Department Civil Rights Division will stand shoulder to shoulder with the rights of protesters, with the rights of social movements to make sure that we don't see the kind of disparity that we saw in Washington DC yesterday where the uh, white nationalist rioters who stormed the United States Capitol were not stopped by law enforcement, met with no resistance whatsoever. You compare that to the law enforcement response last summer uh, against the Black Lives Matter protesters, and obviously there was a very, very different response. And that disparity is just one example of the embedded institutionalized racism that has plagued 
our country for uh, centuries, even before the United States uh, achieved independence from uh, from uh, Britain, going all the way back to 1619. And I think that, therefore, we can expect a very, very um, uh, big emphasis from the new administration on civil rights protection, including litigation, including enforcement proceedings, to make sure that the rights of Black Lives Matter protesters and other social movements uh, are protected and um, and viewed with the same um, uh, level of importance of all other constitutional rights in this country. Lastly, is there anything else you would like to add about Biden's first 100 days or the storming of the US Capitol? Well, Biden obviously keeping in mind what happened in Washington DC yesterday and how humiliating it was for the United States, for the rest of the world to be looking at what happened in our capital, Biden clearly in his first 100 days is going to have to repair our very, very seriously broken relationships with our allies around the world. Uh, NATO has to be top priority. Um, and we also have to uh, completely rethink the way that uh, the Trump administration has been dealing with both Russia and China. Um, there are you know, some bright spots in the world, the normalization of relations between Israel and the United Arab Emirates and Bahrain, Morocco, Sudan, uh, that reflects good progress. I do, not, I do not, by the way, give any credit to the Trump administration for those normalization agreements. That's something that has been going on under the radar for many, many years between Israel and uh, those particular countries. And I would hope that the president-elect and his administration would um, try to uh, build on that progress keeping in mind the need for a long-term solution to the Israeli-Palestinian conflict as well. And of course, um, uh, major attention needs to be given to the uh, relationship with both Iran and Turkey, uh, both of which have really been frayed in the last uh, few years. Finally, we have got to deal with um, the way in which this administration has dehumanized uh, asylum seekers who wanted to come to the United States seeking better life the uh, US Supreme Court, even though dominated by conservatives, upheld DACA as against a challenge from the Trump administration. And I hope that the administration will move very quickly to um, humanize uh, and to uh, empathize the policies with which we uh, deal with those who wanna to come to this country.